Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I think it was a great choice because anything that Bori's added to immediately becomes better. Just I've like, been saying. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you became the voice of Comedy Central, stock went up. I disagree. <laughs> now that's where I'll disagree. I, am. I think I think under the Kyle Kinane regime, they were they were what? doing pretty good. What? And now they stink. South Park just had its 25th anniversary. That doesn't happened by accident the daily show is stronger than it's ever been it's stronger we got a black daily show now that's me you know what the streets were calling for a black daily show get rid of yo mtv raps we want a black daily show Yep, 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 there it is, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me. The podcast where we dive deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that Vin Diesel is in fact working on an alternative energy source that is not powered by gasoline, but in fact powered by family. That's right, you bring the family together you protect the family and that's what makes your car go vroom vroom i'm your co-host langston <laughs> and i'm david bory and i i love family <laughs> you love family i knew you i knew that about you yeah that just means i'm out of gas <laughs> <laughs> he's like hey bro give me a ride for family yeah. <laughs> well we we can't bullshit about family any longer uh, we have a very funny very talented guest today. Uh, we both know him very well. You know him as a writer on, on Dave, season seasons one and two, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Seasons two and three, but two and three, fuck three. yeah, okay. <laughs> and four, uh, five, and six, I just called my shot. He's Let's calling go. it. Let's go. It's in the air. It'll come down in uh, about six months, but... <laughs> <laughs> That said, he's very hilarious. You've seen him on Comedy Central. Give it up for our guest today, Mr. Biniam Bazuna. What up? I'm so excited. What up, dog? I've been a longtime fan of the show. I loved watching <sighs> when it first came out and you had uh, like all the different animations and people were talking. It, it just was such a cool concept. And I love talking shit about conspiracies. So very honored to be here. That's that's wow! What a nobody ever volleys it back to us and says nice things. So that that's really sweet that you would do that. I mean, I didn't know when did when did you become a co-host, Bori? I didn't even know. That hurts. <laughs> he, he's been here for long enough. If you were really a fan, you would know. Uh, I guess, God damn it! <laughs> I I've gone 
onto the podcast app and listened to episodes with the like like Yasser's episode. And I think I've listened to like Garrick's or somebody's like, but these oh, were yeah. this was all like during COVID, maybe or like mm. so I didn't know that there was like a new change up. So then when I heard you were gonna be on it too, I was like, oh, two for one. Let's go. Double down. <laughs> it's a double down. <laughs> yeah, he, Bori has proven himself to be an essential player here. We value his his membership very much. And in uh, probably the last like 12 episodes, you can hear his voice in, in all of them, I would say, maybe. All right. We've bullshitted long enough because you came with a conspiracy theory that, frankly, I had never heard of. Bori, I think you said you had. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this, uh, Bori, you, you knew about this because it's, it's an African thing. Like, this is like, uh, Ethiopia's one of their claims to fame is that we have, well, 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 oh, we can't Don't say jump it? the gun here. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. I, well, we got to intro it. I love, I love the enthusiasm, but you said, my mama told me. The Ark of the Covenant is hidden in a church in Ethiopia. Yes. Tell us more. Tell us everything you know. Okay. So my parents are Ethiopian, you know, born there, moved to America in like the 80s. And one of my dad's favorite pastimes is telling me about Ethiopian history and lore and mm. just having a lot of pride. He's always saying things like Ethiopia was never colonized. Ethiopia beat Italy. They tried to get us, but we beat it twice, <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's a lot of lot of pride, and that's that. I think that's like central to the Ethiopian ethos is this kind of superiority complex. Like they think they're great. Oh, you think that's just you guys? Oh, no. <laughs> tell me, <laughs> tell me what it's like over there, Sierra Leone. What are they? How, what are they we feel? also think we're great. That's all I have. To say. <laughs> <laughs> all Africans think they're the best Africans. Yeah, it was like that's part of being from there. Yeah. I will say that that we we did an episode earlier this year about a different Ethiopian conspiracy theory or at least a, a somewhat rooted in Ethiopian conspiracy theory. But I discovered and I didn't know this that Wakanda is theoretically based on Ethiopia. That like wow. y'all are the the inspiration for this idealistic society. Wow existing on the African eight. And part of it is the fact that you guys, to your point, are one of the few nations that has never been colonized and had like a bunch of wealth at, at certain points that like far exceeded everybody else. You know, I've been to Ethiopia and let me just say, the movie is not an accurate depiction. <laughs> they 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 really uh, upped it. But yeah, I think there is like this kind of like, you know, Haile Selassie was like this dude who created the African Union and a bunch of people have like pride over him being like the last emperor, all this stuff. I did not know that though. I didn't know Wakanda was based on that. Who, who brought, did Solomon Giorgio bring that in? Oh, that sounds like something he would know. I feel like it might have been Solomon who who came with Wakanda is real, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not a big Wakanda guy. I'm just saying that. <laughs> oh shit. That's a hard stance. Okay, when you saw <laughs> Bo David, when you saw the movie, were you Are like we, gonna, we have to do this now? Cause this is why I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it on the record. Let's get it out there. When when you saw the movie, were you like Finally, like African no, excellence no, depicted. How no. did you feel? I felt like in the movie, they were like, we have this magical space rock that makes us better than the rest of the Africans. Uh... They said it. They literally <laughs> said, then we would be like the rest of them. Well, I'm the rest of them. Suck a dick. That's how I felt about that whole shit. I didn't have a, the one superhero movie based in Africa <laughs> and you still fight Africans at the end. Somehow the major war is still black people versus black people. That's insane. Yo. But that's crazy. You've been mad about this the whole time. Since I went to the theater. <laughs> and you know what? That's why a lot of people left the movie being like Killmonger was right was because that was basically his point. He was like, you guys got all this power, all this money, all these weapons, and you're not sharing it with anybody? And you're like, actively hating on everybody else. Damn. But no, now, sure, go save the fucking 
do what the EU wants you to do. But but they do open the borders at the end of it. That's what they say, that they're they're welcoming the world in. That's the ending of it. True. But he only changed that way because Killmonger like had rubbed off on him, right? He was right. like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they hadn't seen it before. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you beat my ass afterwards, I rethink some things. That's what they got. <laughs> he got punched in the fucking jaw and he was like, you know what? I do got to be a better person. And that's kind of nice. That's a good moral of the story. We are not here. What I, I, what I, <laughs> I just know a few other Africans who feel the same way I did about that movie is all I'm saying. Well, what I will say that's accurate that ties back to what we're talking about is yeah, that... Yeah, please tie it back. We need to be tethered. Is that like Ethiopians... And I've heard this from other Africans, too. They have a feeling of being better, you know? And like you were saying, mm-hmm. Sierra Leone people think they're better. And the, like I've heard my aunt say terrible things. She'll be like, oh, you're not black. You're Ethiopian. And like shit like that, where you're like, yo, you're black, too. What are you talking about? You know? Right. The diaspora is very complicated. It, yeah. He's <laughs> like these older people who come to America. You know what I think it's it's rooted in? It's like. People, you're, you know, you're, you're African, you're living in a country where everyone looks like you, you come to America and then you see how black people get treated. And then you're like, oh, let me separate myself. So I don't get treated like, like something Mm. like that. It's like my, uh, model minority type bullshit Mm -hmm, happens. mm -hmm. And I guess that's what Black Panther accurately depicted with that attitude. I will say that that is uh, what you're speaking to is as an American black person, what sort of like for us is the thing where y'all are like, man, people all the black people always hating on Africans. Some of it and some of it's obviously. Oh, here it comes. (laughs) Some of it is because y'all motherfuckers walk around (laughs) constantly telling us you're better than us. It is true. And like. And then, like, but, like, also while wearing, like, penny loafers and track bands. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's you got on the same school uniform I do, bro. How are you <laughs> that much better than me? I mean, that's the thing. Is it, it's, it's coming. It's never coming from people our age. It's coming from a dude driving your Uber telling you that. And then you're like, bro, come on. Like, I mean, but they're, <laughs> not, but they're not just driving Ubers. There's a bunch of Nigerian, really everything. I would say Nigerians are the most educated, I think, diaspora group in general, not even just African group. Like, they're the highest educated, right? Really? Wow. This is what, that's what Opie told me. He said that. <laughs> Opie, <laughs> Opie the Nigerian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, I mean, and it's true because, like, Nigerians are rich. They're all, like, they're so doctors, rich. businessmen, lawyers. But I haven't, I don't know. I can't speak for Nigerians. I haven't heard... Nigerians saying that, I don't know. But I know I have heard it from older Ethiopian people. And I think that, like, it's, it's all part of that. And we're the, the Ark of the Covenant thing is that they think that in this church, in this place called Aksum, that this Ethiopian king, Minalik, brought back the Ark, like, centuries and centuries ago and mm-hmm. brought it to this church. And Wait, this, brought it from where? I think from Israel, right? We, we'll get into some of this in the research, but basically he's believed to have uh, have stolen it from Solomon's son. That like Solomon uh, had a, like a, a bastard child that he, he that showed up late in life and Solomon gifted him the Ark of the Covenant. And then that dude fucked with Ethiopia super hard and was going to like travel to Ethiopia to like kick it. But in meeting up with this this emperor dude, the emperor dude tricked him and replaced the the ark with a fake one, and then stole the other joint. See, it's like that that level of detail is what my dad knows. I know. <laughs> 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 I just know the basic part, which is that it's in this church in Aksum, and they appoint people to be guards and if you're appointed it's like the supreme court whereas for life you are a Mm. guard and you're and the only people that are allowed to look at it is that i've i've read things that say that there are two guards i've read things that say that they're one and they switch off but that's the only person allowed to lay eyes on it so 
if you were trying to do some independent research and verify if it was real, you're not allowed to. And that's see, that sounds crazy because if you're a guard for life, I'll beat your ass at 80. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like I'll just wait that's till I get thinking. old. And then I'm gonna go look at that goddamn arc. You know, I thought I, you weren't I, supposed to look at it. And maybe that's just is that what happened in the movie? I thought if you looked at it, your face was gonna melt. Yeah, that's know, that, that's what Indiana Jones said. Oh, okay. All right. I, I feel <laughs> like they just I'm mixing added up my some... historical text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they needed it to be like some some like shit for the movie so that there was like a surprise or whatever. But in that's not in the Ethiopian text. They just think that this is the shit that held the stone tablets that have the Ten Commandments on them. And it's like a wooden thing that's caked in gold. And it's like the original shit that like Moses had, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the belief that Moses was like, hey, y'all build a container for the, the commandments. And then they did that. Yeah. And I also read this other thing that said that the guards are trained in hand-to-hand combat. Of to like fight anyone who comes up. Now, what I don't know is when you do get to be 80, like you're saying, do they then go like, bro, you got to retire. You're not going to be a very good guard. Like, uh, right. like you can't choose to retire. They'll retire you because they like know, yeah. that you, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Also, my question, what is this like some type of, Ethiopian kung fu, like what is this? Because <laughs> I'm impressed if you guys have your own karate. I've never heard of any Ethiopian fighting style. I would say <laughs> that's not good news. <laughs> no, never. A lot of people are gonna listen to this and be like, "I'm gonna go see that fucking arc now," <laughs> <laughs> because. If there was an Ethiopian fighting style, I think we would be good at any sport other than long distance running. That's the only <laughs> thing we can do. And it's the like only non-contact type, right. like non-combat, non-strength-based thing. Damn. Yeah. Like that, that's that's the one thing we dominated. Any other type of sport like that takes they always say this. They say like East Africa is slow twitch muscles, West Africa is fast twitch. So all of the like You heard him. You heard him. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's like sprints, football, whatever. Wait, who always says that? That's why I never Who always says that? <laughs> Ath- athletes like I ran tracking White athletes? Don't it let sounds him, like Don't let them say that to you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's so- that sounds like some eugenics shit that's like fucked up, but it's actually a term in in kinesiology like fast switch and slow twitch. Muscle. No, I know about I know about yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about I think, muscle fat fibers. I'm talking about regional <laughs> regional I, African benefits of muscle fibers sounds <laughs> like fucking phrenology and I wouldn't let <laughs> some white boy sprinter talk to me like that. I think it sounds like you're you're saying Joe Rogan is an athlete. And <laughs> and listen, he can kick the shit out of a bag, but I wouldn't call him an athlete. I heard this from track coaches all through like I ran cross country in high school and college and they would say like all of the world records can be traced to West Africa in sprints and all of the world records in distances 5,000 and above can be traced to East Africa. And they were like, it's due to just, you know, like in East Africa, lots of things are at altitude and you're just growing up in that way. And over time people, it's like weight training because it's like you get so good at training when there's like no oxygen in the air and then you go to sea level and you're just racing, it's like Goku taking off the heavy clothes. It's easy. And then as far as West Africa goes, I have no idea why there's just like faster. Roti. I mean, (laughs) as a West African from the Mile High City, I do tell you, I will say to you, when I go to sea level, I am like a god. (laughs) <laughs> like you hear the term god body that's how i feel i'm so fast on the beach <laughs> i man i wish that there were i wish there was one good ethiopian sprinter it's never happened we're like 
people would always like, cause I ran like long distance. I would do like the, the mile and two mile and the 5k and stuff. People would always be like, Oh, you're, you're the runner. You're fast. And I'm like, yeah, over like a mile or longer, you get me in a hundred or 200 meters. I'll get dusted by most people. Right. The, the fast twitch and slow twitch shit does sound like some shit. Oh, uh, like, yeah, a, Euro- a European scientist was like, the yeah. Africans on this side of the continent are faster. Over exactly. here, they're more, you know. And they but, can't feel pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. They're so musical. You know what the problem is? Is that we've commodified athletes so much that we can't disassociate, like, the language of, like, of science and slavery. Do you know what I mean? Like it truly is like, I don't know if the reason you talk like that is because of slavery or because that's literally the only way we could describe what you're seeing. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's like, it also goes along the same. It takes the same route as most coded racist language. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where they're like, no, it's, 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 it's it's science. It's not, it's just a regional, like that's like, that's right. what people get into when it talks. Then they're talking about smaller heads, thus as far smaller brain. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the same. It lives in the same place and all that. Shit. Yeah, it's not LeBron James is a genius that that should be acknowledged as such. It's LeBron right. James just got that big old body and those fast twitch muscles. So. Yeah, nobody ever talks about his photographic memory though. Yeah, it, it, that's which true. He fully has. Because right. I will say. There's a That's shit. why he's better than Jordan. He's a genius. Michael Jordan's not a genius. All right. Like well, I didn't like the way this took a turn, but uh, Benium, you were speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the part that gets left out of these kind of like conversations about certain areas of the world and why athletes are as good as they are is that there's a bunch of Ethiopians who are slow as hell and suck at right. long distance running. And there's a bunch of West Africans that are not good at the 100 meter dash. Wash but, your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but the correlation is what makes people go like, "Oh, okay, you can you can draw some, but even that it is a little dangerous." I hear yeah. it. It's scary. It's yeah, scary. yeah. Listen, we have to take a break, but when we come back, <laughs> we're, we're going to find out if Benjamin is willing to quit comedy to become the fastest Ethiopian on the planet. This is this is exciting shit that we're building here. <laughs> we'll be back with more Benjamin Bazuna and more my mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are 
bad. Bad. Can you lend a nigga a pencil? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We're back here with more Benny and Bazuna. More my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that the Ark of the Covenant is not where Indiana Jones was hunting, but in fact, hidden in a church in Ethiopia, surrounded by potentially very old warrior monks. Yes. I love the term warrior monk, by the way. Because (laughs) I feel like it's a very thankless job that these guys have. I would be very surprised if they're allowed to have sex. I bet probably not. Well, you can't get no pussy up there. No, not not next to the Ark. That's disrespectful. Yeah. (laughs) Not even hand stuff. My thing (laughs) is also because, like, how many people are running up on the Ark of the Covenant? Like, that's what I think the hard thing about that job is, is they probably never have to. How often do they really have to defend it? Okay, so this might get into the research, but I was reading up on this and there was a researcher, European dude, I assume he was British, who like sometime in the middle of the 20th century, like Mm. 1950s, 1960s, he wanted to see if this Ark was really in this church. And he came up and he had like gunmen with him and he was like, sorry, y'all. I don't give a fuck about your customs. I'm just walking in. And he walked past, went inside, and he wrote that he looked at it and thought it was just a replica. And he was like, sadly, this isn't the Ark of the Covenant. But also, uh, they just rolled over and let that, uh, they just let that happen, huh? I guess I don't think they have guns. All they have are just like walking. (laughs) 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 They just have like walking staffs. Like, they're like, they got- hey, man, could we have guns? And they're like, no, 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 man. You got you it. Got- you trained. You got that East African karate. Yeah. Come on, man. Use them, use them slow twitch muscles. <laughs> Look, I feel like if all you can do is be good at running away, probably not going to be good at fighting the dude with guns. They, I, I, I would love to have seen how that went down. If they, like, put up a fight or if they were just like... <laughs> I I have to assume they were like, you got it. Go ahead. Oh, take a man. look, my guy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that makes me so sad. You just make me sit in a in a cellar all day preparing for the worst job, which is defending this this wooden basket? No. Go ahead. Look at but it. But the one time you get to prove yourself and that the job was worth it and the years of commitment that you put in learning hand-to-hand Ethiopian combat. And then you were just like, nah. Right, come on, man. You got a gun. I, I thought we was just doing fist fights down here. But all right, you shooting? Go ahead. See, I just feel like you're supposed to die for it. That's probably what they were told, right? That's what, that's like, what I would assume. You got to die for this. And I, when I read this account, it didn't talk about any bloodshed. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I, yeah, I don't blame them because I would do the same thing. But it sounds like they weren't really about it, about it, you know. Yeah, they need to get some fast switches in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we had, if we had, we had a couple of uh, the people from the film that our country is based on defending it, then yeah. you know maybe Damn. they they wouldn't have stood a chance. But so. Y- You already started talking about some pretty important moments, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last known non-Ethiopian person, and I'm not sure if this is the person you're talking about or if this is a different individual, but the last non-Ethiopian person who is said to have saw the Ark is this dude, Edward Ullendorf is is his name, mm-hmm. uh, who basically found himself stationed in Ethiopia while fighting for Britain in in World War II, and then becomes friends with Haile Selassie, and then is basically like escorted in. Like they become so cool that he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll show you the Ark," and he says he sees it and believes it, and writes stories about it years later. So. That's who I'm talking about. It's the same guy. Whoa. So this is an example of the way that history can be fucking rewritten like a motherfucker. Man, the white side of history. Dog. Yeah. That's That's the same guy? Yeah. Because I'm I'm looking. 
I'm looking at the article right now to make sure, and he says that Ullendorf was concerned after he gave an interview that he hoped that Ethiopian authorities did not become aware of the Los Angeles Times article, and then he never spoke to a reporter again about what he saw. But I guess he said, this is what it, this is how it, this is what it says entirely. He went to the Church of Mary Zion with a couple of soldiers. Uh, he must, spoke to the monks in the church in Amharic, asking to see the ark. His request refused. They said, you can't go in. This is holy. He said, well, I'm sorry, but I want to go in. And he did go in with his soldiers behind him. They couldn't do anything to stop him. Whoa. Yeah, that, th- things that I've read have made him seem like much more of a sweet, neutral figure who like kissed a, a king's hand enough times that he like carried him in there. Is That's wild. This is dark. I don't know which one is true, but this version Eh, says... I do. (laughs) I think I know which one is true. I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think that he marched in with his guns because... Hey, that's the one that's true, big dog. (laughs) I I think... (laughs) I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he did a meaner thing than what he's been telling people. This is from... I'm reading from LiveScience.com, by the way. I'm just going to trust that they're reputable. I've never And it says that what he saw you can find in any Ethiopian church, which is a model of the Ark of the Covenant. He says it didn't differ in any way from many arcs you see in any other churches in Ethiopia. It wasn't ancient, and it certainly wasn't the original Ark. Damn. Now, how many, how many arcs? What, how many arcs are there? So, Why is there so many arcs? So in all these other churches in Ethiopia, they have replica arcs. Kind of. Why? A, I, I don't really know why. I, I think it's it's in reference to the fact that it is widely understood in Ethiopia that they are housing the Ark of the Covenant. And so if you are a, you know, following the same Christian Judaic principles, then you're going to be like, yeah, this is a symbol of our thing. And only the the priest is allowed anywhere inside the circle where the Ark is kept during like you know any sermon like in any church only the priest okay. can go in that area yeah and i remember when i was 11 that's the only time i've been back there there was this lake that we went out called like lake tana and there mm. were like little islands all on this lake and there were churches on them and i remember going like we weren't there was like something where like only men were allowed in the church or something but I even think like there, we weren't allowed to like look at the Ark. We were just, uh, even the replica, I don't mm. think we were allowed to look at. Oh, they're trying to play theirs off. They're like, yeah, we might have it. <laughs> no, we might have it. How do you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like, I can't remember if we were allowed in or not, but I remember there like being told that at the time, like we have these replica ones. And what was I about to say? Yeah. It's just widely, I, it, it's, it's just one, it's another point of like yo we're out here killing it never been colonized we got the ark points on the board that yeah so so just just to walk us back a little bit because i I feel like we jumped immediately into uh some parts of this conversation that may not be totally clear to our audience the ark of the covenant is a sort of like large wooden structure that uh has a little like house over it where in theory it's like a chest, basically, with like a mm-hmm. bunch of fancy things around it that is said to be the holster for the Ten Commandments as commanded by Moses from God. And then the Israelites carried that that exact thing through the desert for 40 years while they were trying to find their home. Yep. And it's got those... The finding feature is like those... Two wings. Yeah. The, the two... I think they're angels. What are those things on the top? I think it's God, like, I think they're wings. Yeah, I, I always like, assume. But they're, they're like birds, wings. and their wings are facing towards each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like covered in gold. It's shiny, and then it's got these like sticks for carrying, so that you could have like almost like pallbearers. You know, like four people, kind of like supporting it from yeah. all sides. Because yeah, you don't put your ark of the covenant on the ground. I get no, that. No, nah, no. nah. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta don't put your purse on the ground. Don't put your Ark of the Covenant on the ground. Those are just two facts. Because either way, somebody's slipping something in it or taking something out. <laughs> I mean, 
Somebody roofies the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> That's how they got it to Ethiopia. <laughs> right? That's what they did. They pulled a Ocean's Eleven switcheroo type shit to get it there. Right? That's a movie I want to see Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just 11 Ethiopian dudes <laughs> in suits being like, we're going to steal the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> I mean, it sounds amazing. It feels like it wouldn't take it's pretty that cool. much. All you have to do is show up with a gun. And it's like, yeah, that's okay, true. get in there. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel like I could go get the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, Wait. if it's this valuable, and you think about all the other art thefts that have happened where people like steal a Monet or whatever, you would think that someone would have tried to steal it. Well, well, that's that's one of the things that I I wanted to bring up, right? Is that like, look, you went into detail about how crazy they have to feel or at least feel like they're protecting this this item. And it's insane in part because museums are filled all across the world with items that were stolen from other countries. So they're sitting there and they don't feel the same instinct. And I guess in some forms they do, they make it very hard, obviously to steal a, that's debatable. Right. Exactly. Things get stolen from museums all the time. And then even with that, they don't feel no shame about it. They're not like, yo, we got to hide it away. So nobody can even lay eyes on it. They're like, no, look at it, but I'll, Fuck you up if you touch our stolen shit. <laughs> and I feel like with the Ark, their thing is based, it's like, it's not because of shame. It's because it's like, oh, it's so holy that your eyes aren't worthy to look mm-hmm. at it. And they, from, from what I've read, it seems like they feel like they are the rightful keepers of it. Like, because it's it's a Christian thing more so than a, it belongs to this country or that country is how they think of it. Yeah, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Ethiopians have a something in that they they stayed loyal on some like Christian shit and sort of like were devoted to Christianity when every other sort of like sect of Christianity at one point in the Bible bailed. Like they were like, yo, we don't, we can't even rock with this shit no more. And Ethiopians were like, nah, we're still with it. We like, this is where we're at. And Mm -hmm. so then they're like, no, we are the original Christians. We are sort of like the source of everything that makes this thing valuable. I wonder if the black Israelites think that they have claim over the Ark of the Covenant, you know? Mm. Because if they're like, we're the original Israelites, maybe they're like, we should have it. Right, because they're like, yo. Maybe they have it. <laughs> Maybe they have it. <laughs> Has anybody actually What's listened today? to what well, they're yeah. yelling? They might What's be today? just yelling What's that. What's the math? What's the <laughs> <Bro>. math? <laughs> I heard the best thing. This is like maybe 2014 or so. And I was like around Slauson. And there were some dudes doing the Black Israelite thing with the megaphone. And there was like a main dude. And then he had a couple like helpers. And they were reading from the Bible and uh, the guy was reading back this thing and he said like, and from the water, the Leviathan came. And the main guy was like, read that back, read that back. And then the guy said it again. And from the waters, the Leviathan came. And the dude was like, Loch Ness Monster is real. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I understand where he's coming from. And that's you, that was you know that was where my brain went where I was like is that is that insane or is that just a hard ass bar that like you can pull more information from when you need it you know what I mean like that's he's what the just whole spitting. Bible is is a hard ass bar yeah I mean, all of it's just English class that's how I feel you find a little proof and then you can extrapolate and be like this is what this means right right. <laughs> Right. You, you just can, you can half read a book and, and get a whole lot of messages from whatever that is. Who are you telling? <laughs> you think I've finished the people's history of the United States? I'm like, no. No, I haven't. <laughs> so I, I looked up some of the examples of like things, sort of like the most famous things, I guess, that were stolen by other people other countries uh, that are kept in other museums that, you know, truly 
everybody feels real comfortable flexing. The Rosetta Stone is an example that the British literally stole from Egypt and now have on display without a care in the world. Like truly, and it's written in Egyptian hieroglyphics. It's not like it's, you know, a shared language. These motherfuckers just have their shit in their museum. Egypt's got to go get it back, though. That's on them at this point. They got to pull a Killmonger. And they, just, you got to just <laughs> go get that shit. Like, I didn't even know the Rosetta Stone was a real thing. I thought that was <laughs> just... Yeah, dog. I legit... Oh, how to yeah. learn Spanish? <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, this is a cool name for a company. If anything, <laughs> Egypt should be getting some money off them, too. I think oh. it has something to do with the... Uh, and yes, I agree with you. They're the capitalism. Boo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> if we're going to start kicking back to Egypt everything that they invented. I mean, that's a long day. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of dudes I know with tattoos that are going to have to uh, kick <laughs> some bread. Yeah, every every onk tattoo's got to give them 10 bucks. That's going to take forever. Fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> that entire show is based on <laughs> Egypt. I feel like Erica Badu's got to kick some money up. Mm, Erica Badu owes a lot of money to Egypt right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are these other things? Additionally, there's something called the Maneaters of Savo, which are displayed in the Chicago Field Museum, great museum, and are taxidermied bodies of two lions, which at their peak killed somewhere between 28 to 140 people in Kenya. So Damn. these lions are, are killing the fuck out of Kenyan people. Well, no, it's specifically Indian workers in Kenya at the time. I don't know. Geopolitics was wild. Anyway, they're killing all these people and then one dude shoots them and has them taxidermied and then ends up sending them to the United States for $5,000. And the Kenyan government was like, bro, what the fuck? This is the most famous two lions that have ever existed in history. Don't sell our shit. And now they just don't get them back. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that like, you know, like uh, after... World War II, how they were like, okay, we have like the world court and we can hold people responsible for shit. Like, can they do the same thing for these artifacts that were stolen from places in ancient times? They could be like, well, you're under our jurisdiction because we're the world, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think so because everybody just points to the transactions that justify it. So again, this dude technically did sell. Like we gave him five. They gave him $5,000 for the fucking lions. Like why, what are you talking about? It was, he made a bad deal, but yeah, I guess, I guess it's a deal though. You know, what could they say? I think that's the justification. Now you can turn back and look at like, yo, there are cultural justifications, human justifications inside of this. But I think any court is going to lose out when they try to do that instead of being like, well, there's a receipt right here. It says five G's. I mean, I guess it's the same as like Israel-Palestine because it's like whatever, land stolen, places taken, whatever, but you can't really, who's going to listen? How far can we go back? Yeah. Exactly. Like, how, far yeah. Can we, how far back can we really source it? We can quote this episode. Binium says, Israel, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of listening to an outside foreign power or like a, a world bank or whoever the fuck is going to be the jurisdiction, no one is going to, if you're the one in the situation, you're always going to have your own self-interest and you're not going to be like, well, you're right. You're going to be like, nah, this is my lion now. I've right. had it, you know. This lion, he loves the bears. He's been in jail. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Italian beef. <laughs> <laughs> so the last example I'll give you, and we'll take a break after this. The last example I'll give you is specific actually to Ethiopia. Oh, shit. Ethiopia uh, fell victim in the Battle of Mag Magdala. Am I saying that right? Magdala in 1868. It was a... It basically, when the British came in and uh, and took pieces of Ethiopia from y'all, or at least y'all gave off like a little taste of Ethiopia to make to keep them from fully colonizing the entire country. So you've never been colonized, but you have had to give up a few parts to get get good with people. See, I didn't even know about this battle. I've never heard that name. Magdala. Mm. Yeah. M-A-G-D-A-L-A. -A -A. And so in this, this fight, 
the British end up taking so much shit, literally so much shit, in, including something called the crown of Abud, a gold crown that was once that once sat atop like the head of the Ethiopian church. But they took so much shit that they needed 15 ele- elephants and 100 mules to transfer all the stuff to a nearby town for auction. That's crazy. And now it's like, is it displayed in England just proudly? Oh, my favorite part of this, this is, this is going to be the most devastating part. My favorite part is That's that favorite when, part? The, when the Ethiopian, <laughs> <laughs> when the Ethiopian government has like come back to them and been like, Hey bro, we're in modern times now. Give us back our shit. The response was, Oh, for sure. You can have some of it, but we will return it to you only as a loan. And you have to then take your name off of any any suggestions that this was yours to own in the first place. Wow. That's so fucked up. It's wild, dog. <laughs> and they can't. And it's God like they, <laughs> I don't like this section. And they can't. I guess they can't do anything. They just gotta. It's just like the dudes with the guns walking up to the church. They're just like, okay. What, can what, are, you, yeah. what are you going to do? I don't like how happy Langston is about all this. It's, it's <laughs> all so silly. They were like, hey, bro, I'll lend you your stuff back to you after I stole it. Come on. That's just that's just good, clean fun. It's typical bully behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Ethiopia is getting bullied out of their items. I don't like that. All right. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Benny and Brazil and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And. We are back. All right, so. I can go Suck my dick. Yeah, we're back here with more Benny and Bazuna. More my mama told me. And Benny can't wait to tell you goddamn more <laughs> about the Ark of the Covenant being in, in Ethiopia. I like waited for a second. I was like, okay, there's no sound key here. Let me just jump in. That I'll- <laughs> yeah, baby, there's always a sound key. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy is in Ethiopia, and I think in, this is like in a lot of like newer democracies, 
there's no such thing as like, is this candidate pro-choice? What's this candidate's views on the environment? It's just <laughs> like, it's just like, are you the same ethnicity as me? Then you're yeah, going to be looking out yeah. for this ethnic group. That's all it is. That's how I vote. <laughs> i voted like that once before it uh, it didn't change much for me but i felt good about what i did (laughs) which is (laughs) which is so interesting because like our things that go into when we vote so different Uh, that's what they say i think it's the same shit i think it's the same shit yeah, I don't think there's anybody that's like really focused on the issues as as much as there's they like twenty people in LA who pretend on Instagram. Everybody else, they're like that one looks like me. Yeah, I like the way that one. I like the way his jib is cut. I, I like, like that. it. That, I like it that he's not one of those. <laughs> I will say, yeah. If there was someone who looked like me, I would vote for them as I have in the past. Immediately, Unless, yeah, let me yeah, yeah. just run for anything. <laughs> Yeah, you got to let it slide. <laughs> if, there, if there was somebody that was from your exact neighborhood, city, all this shit, but you don't agree with them on all the issues, would you be like, yeah, but they're like, they're of my area and they look like me. How, what would be more important to you? Uh, I, How I think, far against my issues are they? Is it like, yeah, is it like minimal stuff? Because I got some deal breakers. I mean, let's say they are. Fiscally conservative, but socially whatever, like liberal. Liberal? Yeah. I can fuck with that. How fiscally conservative? I <laughs> like, now like, are, crazy. We cutting all, are we cutting all social services or are we just like flat <laughs> yeah. tax? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, pull them up by your own bootstraps. They're that conservative. Oh, I can't get down. <laughs> yeah. I was too poor. All I, look, all I'm saying. But if they is, live next door to me, they wouldn't be like that because I was broke till like three years ago. You would, you would have, you would have rubbed off on them. They would have been broke <laughs> like me. They wouldn't have even. They'd have had strong senses of community. That's what I'll say. Okay. All I'm saying is, I need to know the exact alternative to this person, meaning like whoever they're running against, because if they're still better than the other person, I'm going black, baby. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going black every time. Like, do you know the level of white excellence you have to have <laughs> for me to vote <laughs> you over just like a regular black person? <laughs> to be co- completely honest. Just a bus like, driver with a briefcase. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, he looks like you got a job. Yeah. He, he might manage the buses. He, this guy's real. Hey, you got a briefcase. What was the name of that Godfather's Pizza Republican black dude? Uh, fuck. What was his name? It starts with the H. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Yeah. Now, it seems like there are people like this every couple years who just get thrust at to the top of the Republican Party. And there's not a chance that I look at them and go like, but they're black because they're just like so well, no, way, you know, but that's different. That's yeah, yeah. you know, you, you know, know we're not that. talking about Herman I know Cain. We're not talking about, come on, man. <laughs> I you know, know we're not into about. the conversation. We're talking about regular motherfuckers who you would kick it with, not fucking Herman Cain. But regular motherfuckers you would kick it with are never like running for president. Like there, you. I mean, that's yeah. the problem, baby. Yeah. That's my issue. That's Let's... my issue. We need a. You know what we need is a black Trump. I want to. I want. I want to. I want to oh, look no. up there and say, like, yeah, he's saying it. I'm thinking it. That's what I want. Oh no! You know. <laughs> oh, a- now we're off. Now we're off. <laughs> I thought we were. I thought we were banking on the community. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. It's like someone who's black with the Trump attitude. But they don't have no, I'm the being, positions. I'm, <laughs> no. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm being completely facetious. I think that your political candidate should be better than you. And if you don't think that, you're kind of stupid. Yeah, no, I, I do think that we should be clear. I don't want him to be like me. I ate ramen three times this week. Like, I want him, you got to be better. But can he be better than you, but also be a populist at the same time? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that exists. Definitely, yeah. yeah. 100%. I listen. I grew up in a in a very Marxist household. I I don't really? agree. There's no yeah. There's no version of this that I'm going to be like hell yeah. If we just vote our, uh the right way, we gonna fix it. It's like <laughs> no, I, yeah, I feel it. I you know one way or the other, and I do vote. I ain't. I, ain't I like worried. that. I like that you won't even let us play make believe for a second, though. <laughs> <laughs> like you had to. You had to like listen, brother. Like we were just having a good time. Marxism. <laughs> yeah, look, man. I vote, but I don't believe in that shit. I just be doing the, my civic duty. You know, man. What was that like growing up in a Marxist household? Hey, I, oh, you drink I, a lot of Mountain Dew. That's <laughs> well. My dad drank Diet Cokes, so I, okay. I did. I had to show him that I was younger and more uh, gnarly than he was. <laughs> I don't know. It was chill. We, you know, ate potatoes and stuff. You had like Christmas and shit, right? It wasn't. Like... Yeah, no, we weren't. Okay. We weren't sad. We were just, yeah. you know, political. Yeah, there was yeah. a different political slant. Were you allowed to watch television? Yep, we had it. We had uh, multiple TVs, which we could turn on and off whenever oh, we yeah, wanted. Would would your parents? How would they think of like voting in a national election? Were they like? Well, it's we, not both my parents. It's specifically my dad. My mom, okay. you know, uh, broken homes, but specifically gotcha, gotcha. my dad is uh, is that that's his p- political lean. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was your mom? Mm-hmm. So, lady trying to make it. <laughs> okay, but Keeping we had a head above water, <laughs> making a wave when she can. <laughs> Temporary but... layoff. My mom, easy credit ripper. My mom. I mean, so here's something that's kind of in common is that when my parents were in Ethiopia and they were students. This dude, Haile Selassie, who was the emperor, like they wanted him to be overthrown because they wanted feudalism to be gone. They thought it was unfair. They thought the rich were just getting richer. And they were part of these like student groups that would meet up at night and you had to be all secret. And they wanted to overthrow this dude and they wanted communism to come to Ethiopia because they were like, on paper, this is great, you know? And then they and... came to America and you became a comedian. Isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> That's bugged out. Yeah, you're bugging, man. <laughs> Call them. Apologize for what you're doing. Look, you got the Marxist dad. You feel the same struggle. <laughs> but then they, they, the dude got overthrown by the military and the military was worse than this dude. And they were like, okay, now let's overthrow this military. Right. And they were part of these, like, they were like medics for guerrilla fighters trying to, they, they, they worked so hard and were so about their political shit and then came to America to have a better life. And we're like, okay, American system now. All that communism, mm-hmm. all that shit, you know, we're just living. Leave it over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I, the older I get, the more I can see how you can feel devastated by your kids' choices. Uh, even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if it, that you're not doing it to hurt your parents, you're truly just pursuing the things that make you feel whole and, and precious in the world. And like, they didn't come here for that. You know what I mean? That, that's yeah. just not what they, that's not the reason they're they, here. And it's like, oh, listen, we ain't talking the same jazz, baby. But also, they came here in one way or another for you to cash some checks. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? Like, ultimately, I'm sorry I'm not a doctor, but it's we're doing all right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just have a better life than me. Have more choices. Right. So exactly. More freedom to do what you want. The only reason they wanted you to be a doctor was because that was a straight path to financial freedom, better life. But if you could do it another way still accomplishing it you know yeah right right yeah yeah no and they'll still be proud who cares that you live in a one-bedroom apartment you're still like yeah. worse shit yeah <laughs> it's a one it's a one bedroom in la which is yeah. a house well, that's a house in indiana <laughs> well colorado but it's it's good <laughs> and you know what i keep it clean i keep it clean i got a big ass tv yeah big was... ass all the streamers all the platforms <laughs> i love them baby you I watching got... paramount plus you Bro, got, got it baby I got stars. Oh, <laughs> you can watch. Well, you can watch Raising Canaan on my shit. All the Fifty Cent shows. <laughs> Bro, if you have Paramount Plus, you know you're eating. 
I, I do baby. have Paramount Plus. That, yeah. That's an ancillary streaming platform. That, oh, I, I hope I'm not overstepping here. They, I hope they give it to you for free. I hope they at least uh, kick Man, you. Man, we are. That just came up recently. I, my oh, views God here damn. are in no way expressed by the Viacom Corporation. <laughs> 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 I don't think people get, I mean, as with all my interactions with people, no one's ever been like, yeah, I have free Hulu or I have, like, it doesn't seem like it's a thing. I got free Peacock for a year. Well, that's dope. That's Just for first, a year? Yeah, that's the first time that uh, any of them have, it, you know, I, HBO has been, Comedy Central and HBO have employed me for a lot of shit and never once e- either of them have been like, what's up here? They're like, oh, well, you can afford it with that salary we're paying you. Yeah, they're like, we know what you're, they know what we're paying you. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know what this episode turned into. We got, we got, it went far off the rails. It really went far, but goddammit, I think we did it. I do think we nailed, we nailed all the essential parts and there's a whole lot of fat on that bone. So, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy the meal all the same. I think uh, what, you know, what we, one thing I'll say is the best thing to come out of this is that I'm going to write the Ocean's Eleven Ark of the Covenant with the Opiate <laughs> Movement. And that's All really, right? really important. That's very important. I want and, a founder's fee. Come oh, on now. Definitely in that yeah. special thanks. I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear a dashiki to the movie theater. Okay. We doing it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Binium, could you tell the people at home where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? Um, yeah, you can find me, uh, Benny and Biz on any of the things. And, uh, uh, yeah, you can watch Dave season three. It'll be out. I don't even know when, but just like, <laughs> look for that. You can watch, I wrote on the show, resident alien season two is out right now. And yeah, you can go on YouTube, search my name, just see some shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. YouTube Hell yeah. him, go watch his shit. He's written on a bunch of cool things. And God damn it, YouTube again. I don't know. Just keep YouTubing. <laughs> Benny. He's doing it. Run the numbers <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. David, you want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, cool guy, Jokes87 on Instagram. Uh, buy tickets to come to my solo hour. at the, It's like 50 minutes, but they're clean. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it's a good 50 minutes. Like, you're not going to be upset. At the Elysian in Los Angeles, September 15th. Or come see Langston Kerman. Headlines faded Denver, September 16th, 16th the yeah. day after my Elysian show. Hell Do yeah. both. If go, you go fi- to both. If you buy tickets to both and you give me proof, Langston will kiss you on the mouth. I'll kiss you on the mouth because right I it. presume you have a private jet and I'm excited to make out with anybody who has a private jet. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go to the L.A. one. I didn't even know you were doing it again. I'm, I'll be See? there. See, it's going to be great. 50 minutes, though. Don't don't ask for anything else. Yeah, don't. Come on. Don't be unreasonable. He's got 50 for you. I got Relax. 50 for you. I tried. I worked hard, you know. It's a tight 50. It's the- new, though. It's all new. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman, and I do have some upcoming dates. September 8th through the 10th, I will be in Sandman Comedy Club that's that's in Richmond, Virginia. So I, I'm excited to find out what the fuck that is and who's down there. And uh, yeah, go see me and Faded uh, the following weekend in Denver. And as always, if you want to send us your own drops, your own conspiracy theories, your own bullshit, please send it to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, you know what to do. Bye, bitch. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. 
and I'm very forgiving, but like don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.